Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
God, I spend my life to know. I spend my life to know that I'm far from close to all you are. The greatness of our God, oh, and all that contains, no doubt we praise all you are. The greatness of our God. I spent my life to know, Lord. I spent my life to know. Oh, now I'm far from close to all you are. The greatness, the greatness of our God. The other part, and no doubt contains no doubt restraints, no doubt restraints. All you are the greatness of our spend my life to know. I spend my life to know, and I'm far, I'm, I'm far from close to all you are the greatness of our God. And no sky contains, and no sky contains, no doubt, restraints, no doubt. Restraints all you are the greatness of our God, all you are, all you are the greatness of our God, all you are, all you are, all you are the greatness of our God, all you are, all you are, all you are. The greatness of our God. Spend my life to know. Sing it one more time. I spend my life to know. I'm far, I'm far from close to all you are. The greatness of our God. And no sky, and no sky contains no doubt restraints. All you are, the greatness of our God, to all you are, all you are, the greatness of our God, all you are, all you are, the greatness of our God, all you are, all you are, the greatness of our God. Yes, no words could say or some convey all you are, the greatness of the God that we serve. We spent our life to know and we're still far from close indeed because of the debt, the, 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 how deep his love is, how deep he is. Day in and day out, he reveals a little bit of himself to us as we seek him. As we seek him, Father, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you continue to bless us with your presence. You continue to reveal more of yourself unto us, Lord. We appreciate everything that you do for us, Lord. Indeed, grant us the grace to continue to be in your presence. Grant us the grace to, to continue to come into your presence, to seek your face, to seek knowledge of you, Lord Almighty. Yes, for no sky contains thank you lord in jesus name amen amen oh are you ready for the word amen let's put our hands together and welcome reverend gilbert asamwa for more of that powerful teaching amen drawing us near to yourself thank you for your wonderful plan of salvation thank you that Jesus is anointed for us help us to believe help us to believe also that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and what he was doing when he was on earth in his body he is doing the same thing in his body the body of Christ through the spirit 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord. Jesus is anointed for you. Salvation message 77 on page 406 of the book. I believe last week we started and spent a lot of time on the foundation scripture, which is Luke chapter 4 verse 18. And we didn't even get to get into the points. So let's project Luke 4 18 again because Jesus is anointed for you. That when you got saved, you received Jesus the Christ, Jesus the anointed one. We confess that you receive Jesus Christ in your heart. But I think the whole Christian experience has become like a religion. One of the things you can see that there are patterns that repeat. Good patterns and bad patterns. And if you see a bad pattern, you should try and avoid it. Because just as you have January, February through December, and then another one starts, another January starts, life is full of cycles and patterns. And what you need to know is the bad trend or cycle that you can notice has happened, you try to avoid it. And where am I leading to? God, in trying to redeem the world, started with Israel. He called one man called Abraham. Is that not so? And he wanted him to be the father of faith, out of whom he will bless the rest of the world. So Abraham, and out of him came Isaac, and out of him came Jacob, and the 12 tribes of Israel. Hallelujah. If you read Exodus, God's intent was that they will be like a priestly nation. Hallelujah. So that Israel's mission was supposed to introduce the God, the true God of the universe to the rest of the world. Because the whole world was in confusion. Everybody has their own God they were serving. But after revealing himself to them, they were supposed to become his emissaries, his messengers, his priests. But then when they came to Sinai, when they saw the, the smoke and the fire, they were afraid. They told Moses, you go and hear from God and come and tell us. And when Moses delayed a little bit, they made themselves another God, the golden calf. Hallelujah. That's a bad pattern. Is that not so? And then the law was given, and then God decided to make the tabernacle. He decided to, um, you know, institute a practice by which common man can relate with God. Now, if you look at it from outside, you know, unless you are the type like Joshua and Moses who took it to World Cup level, whereby it wasn't just they are going through the motions, but, you know, they actually began to relate with God intimately. Then, then the thing becomes not just a religion. Do you get it? The thing becomes a relationship, a, a, a personal encounter, which is what God had wanted all along. But Israel replaced that personal encounter quest of God with what you may call a religion. And that is, what, that is the reason why in the days of, I'm giving, you, I'm giving you a recounting the history of God's dealings with man, starting with Israel. And so, and so uh, in the days of Eli, the priest, the high priest, there came a time that God raised Samuel. And God said that they have abandoned the faith. They had the Ark of the Covenant. But can you believe they went to war? The Ark of the Covenant that whenever they go to war, they win once they had the Ark of the Covenant with them. Hallelujah. But they, they went to war in the days of Eli, the priest. And the Philistines defeated them. And not only did they defeat them, they also captured the Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah. Something that was so powerful that, in essence, God dwelt in it. And um, when a reporter came to report it to Eli, that they lost the war. So Eli was old and was blind, was sitting in his, um, you know, one of those long chairs like this. And when they told him they had lost the war, that was bad enough, right? And then, and then um, the next bad thing he heard was that his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, had died. That was also the extra bad news that has come. But that didn't kill him. The third bad news was that the Ark of the Covenant has been what? Kidnapped, captured. That is what the Bible said that he fell backwards and broke his neck and died. It is as if the death of his sons was not you know, enough 
the losing of the war was not enough, but when he had the Ark of the Covenant as the, as the high priest that is supervising the captain of the Ark of the Covenant, that was big enough. And then one of the sons had a wife, forgotten her name, who was uh, pregnant. When she heard that the husband has been killed, the, the father-in-law has died, and the Ark of the Covenant has been, uh, has been uh, uh, captured, and that they have lost the war, she also, uh, what do you call it? She miscarried. And, and, and she made a statement, Ichabod, which means that glory has departed. Hallelujah. Now, why am I saying all this? I'm saying that if we don't take care, we, the church, who came out of the loins of Christ, you know, which is a, the, the new, the new, uh, you could say the new Israel, the new pattern of God to, to bring, uh, for God to bring himself back into the human foray, the human uh, um, experience, we can easily fall on the same path that Israel fell on. That Christianity can then become a religion, a liturgy that you read. Do you get it? Like a, a, a series of steps that uh, uh, the church just follows outside of personal experience with God. Amen. And so, and so this chapter is essentially reintroducing us to Christ. That when we became a believer, you know, it was not just a religion that you are signing up for. That you receive Christ and that this whole thing is part of a divine plan. Amen. Look at the scripture. He went into Nazareth. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Hallelujah. And so now we need to begin to, we need to begin to whet our appetite and we need to begin to uh, uh, imagine we need to begin to see that Christ that we believe when we became a believer, that he has been anointed for us for our practical daily experience. That it is not just, it's not just uh, uh, um, something or someone we hear about uh, as a book or as a story. Because now we need to expect experiences with God. That if Jesus has been anointed for us, then on a daily basis we want to experience his anointing. Hallelujah. That's part of salvation is the experience of the anointing of God. Now look at the first point. There are several points in this chapter. Jesus is anointed for you. Jesus, can somebody read point number one for us if you have your book? Hallelujah. Amen. So, you see that each of the points is preceded by Jesus is anointed for you. Now, why is that important? Because, you see, that personal experience versus the, the religion is an external something. But then we are talking about you beginning to see the whole Christian experience at, at a personalized level. That, that you as an individual... If you were the only person on the planet, that Christ would still have died for you. Amen. Amen. And so that's why Bishop is starting each of the points with Jesus is anointed for you. That is for you personally. Because you see, when we hear of miracles, when we hear of, of God touch, we usually often hear that God is doing something for someone. And it never dawns on us that that person could be you. Hallelujah. And so the first point, it says that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit decided to save the world. The salvation story or the salvation plan is something that was, um, the word concocted, often, I don't know, in my mind, seems to have a negative connotation here. What's another word for concocted? Put together, thank you. So the salvation plan was put together by the Holy Trinity in the ancient of ancients of days. Hallelujah. That God, the Bible says in the beginning when God created the world, the Bible says, and God said, let us create man in our image. Right? So that, so that um, God is speaking, who is God speaking to? Because it says, and the Lord said, let us create man in our image. Now, some people say, well, he was speaking to the angels. No, I don't believe that. It's like a trinity is having a conversation among themselves. If God is speaking to angels, then it means 
angels and God are in the same image, and we human beings are in, in the image of, is it angels or in the image of God? Amen. So if we are in the image of God, then God cannot be speaking to the angels, telling them that we are going to create man in our image. Because when you say our, it's like you are, the person you are speaking to and you yourself are included in the hour. So there was a type of, a, a, um, what do you call it, um, uh, gathering of the, of the Holy Trinity, conversation, dialogue. And they said, let's make man in our image. So also in the new creation, when God was planning to renew the face of the earth and, and bringing man into reunion with him after the first fiasco, that was, that was, that was a plan. And we need to understand this because, you see, unless we can understand Holy Trinity, we cannot understand community. We cannot understand the fellowship of believers. How can we love one another if we don't understand the love among the Holy Trinity? Hallelujah. And so, and so that, that before Jesus came, they had a meeting. So you know what? We are going to save mankind. And we are going to have you, the word of God, the son of God. You go first. And then, if you look at it closely, the scripture that was given is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, in this scripture, in this particular scripture, John 3.16, which of the, which of the members of the Holy Trinity have been mentioned in this? How many of them? The Son? The Father and the Son. Because it's implied that when he said God loved the world, that he sent his Son. It's implied that God, that is mentioned, is the Father. Okay. So that, so that in that verse, you wouldn't think the Holy Spirit is involved. Is that not so? Okay. So, but the point is that Jesus is anointed for you. The whole thing is part of a plot or a plan, an eternal scheme that God, God planned and put together in, 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 the, in, the, in the spirit world before Jesus came. Jesus didn't just appear, um, you know, like a, it, it didn't just happen. It was something that the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Holy Spirit said again. It wasn't a happenstance. Hallelujah. And so, so that's the first plan that you need to understand that the whole Holy Trinity was part of the planet of our salvation. Hallelujah. You see, when, when you plan things together with people, like um, you're going to do a major event and you plan something together, like, like uh, let's say all members of a certain high school in Columbus, you're having a su summer barbecue, okay? Give me ideas. What, what do you think would, would be included in the plans? There will be a grill, okay? So, 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 I mean, if there's, let's say, 15 of you, is everybody bringing a grill? Okay. Somebody will be assigned to bring a grill, okay? And then what else will happen? Somebody will be in charge of the drinks, Rasmus. Somebody will do the grilling, amen? Hallelujah. Canopies will be brought, Yes. Some type of game, something to, uh, you know, engage you. And then there will be some type of contribution everybody is supposed to bring. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. Usually, I mean, hopefully the person bringing the grill is not going to say that I'm bringing the grill, so I won't, um, do you get it? Because, be, because uh, you are not going to be that scientific and say, okay, you know, let's think of how much of my grill has been used for three hours. Let's calculate. I mean, if it's $15, you, you, you will pay. Do you get it? But the point is that when we are planning something together, it is implied, it is, it is, it is, it is known that everybody is bringing something. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when Jesus walked the earth and he was preaching, he kept on saying over and over again, he said, my father is with me. He said, as I hear, I judge. And he says that my words are not my own. So that, so that because if somebody comes and they are doing something on their own, there is no backing. Do you get it? It, it, it's not as powerful as if somebody is doing something and there, there's a backing. So, for instance, you may be a very powerful person in this church. Powerful in terms of you have charisma. You, 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 are, you are somebody that can rally the crowds. But if we send you to, uh, how do you call it, uh, Evansville, Indiana, and we say go and start a church, not in the name of Lighthouse, but in, in, on your own, there you will see the difference. 
you will see that the reason why people love you is not, it's not because of you. You may think that you are charismatic. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is because of the banner of the church over you. So, so there is a backing. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is that when Jesus came and was walking, Jesus is anointed for you. It, he was part of the Trinity package. The one thing about the, about, about the Trinity is that it is a mysterious thing that we learned in catechism, did we not? That God is one, but he appears in three persons. And, and the three persons of the, of the Trinity, they inter, there's a word that we learned, they interpenetrate each other. That's why in John 17, Jesus said, Jesus said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. That's why when Thomas, or was it Thomas or Philip, one of the two, in John 14, he said, show us the Father, it will be enough for us. He said, Philip, I have been with you all these years. You don't know me, you haven't seen me. Because if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And so what you are having, what, what you, it's, like, it's like buy one, get two free. The Holy Spirit and Father and Jesus, that's how it is. Like if, if you preach Christ, Holy Spirit will come. If you, if you talk about the Father, the Son will show up. Hallelujah. And so Jesus is anointed for you. What is the anointing? It's the Holy Spirit. And the first point is emphasizing the fact that the whole salvation plan was planned in the eternal ages. Hallelujah. So if today you say you believe in Christ, or you are trying to tell somebody to believe in Christ, it is not a two-by-four, fly-by-night something doctrine. No. This thing goes all the way back to the eternity. And therefore, it has backing. Number two. Somebody read that for us. Raishma, do you have your thing? You, don't, you did not bring yours. Give her the microphone. Jesus is anointed for you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit agreed that Jesus should take the lead and be born through a virgin. Hallelujah. So the whole thing was planned, but it was determined that the Son of God, the Word of God, should go first. Hallelujah. And so he was to be born through a virgin. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Galatians 4, 4. So that we are looking at the progression of the story. We are looking at the sequence of events which has brought us to where we are. Amen. Because the whole salvation thing is a journey. And unless you can look at where things began and where it's going to end. The journey is a meaningless journey. So we are looking at how in eternity past, the Holy Trinity plotted and planned that we are going to save mankind. But then point number two is saying that Jesus is anointed for you. The Holy Trinity said, yes, this anointing for you will start by the Son of God coming to earth and being born by a virgin. Hallelujah. Number three, it says Jesus is anointed for you. God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit agreed that the Holy Spirit would join Jesus at the right time on earth. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit teamed up with Jesus in the River Jordan. So you see, it is like you are, you are planning something. And sometimes, even sometimes when people are traveling, you can have one person go and then they will join you later. So Jesus, they say, okay, you go first. You are going to be born by a, a, a virgin, Galatians 4.4. Uh, um, Isaiah 7 14. And then Jesus turned to Holy Spirit and said, Look, look at my face. Really good. Promise me you are going to be there. Because it is not a small thing for God, okay? For God to shrink. Think about it. I was, I was, I was um, look, reading something. And I think, um, you know, somebody, somebody was, was making a comment about, about heaven, okay? And then, and the comment was that, the comment was that, heaven is wherever God is. Okay. There's a scripture that says that even the heaven of heavens cannot contain God. Is that not so? The other day, somebody asked the question, uh, I think when we went for the saved camp, that who created God? And I answered that God is uncreated. God, 
I said, everything else and everyone else has been created, but God is uncreated. Because if somebody else has created God, then that person is God. By definition. God, by definition, is uncreated. If some, if, because that person must be greater than him. So then that makes the one that we are calling God must not be the God. The one, original one who created the one we are calling God then will be God. So there has to be a place where there's no one who preceded the one true God. Hallelujah. And then take it, take it a little further. And I think it does make sense that if, if there is ever a place like a house that God lives in. I mean, most people, I say, everyone that I know, if you live in a house, you and the house, which one is larger? The house must be larger than you, otherwise you won't fit in. Is that not so? So if God Almighty lives in a house, let's say heaven is his house, okay? Then heaven is bigger than God. And in, in my theological training and thinking, God is the greatest. So it means that there's nothing that is bigger than God. So, so heaven is, what makes a place heaven is where God is. It's not the size. Does that make sense? What I'm leading to is that think of God in terms of the immensity of the universe, right? And how our minds cannot fathom how big the whole thing is. And God created it all. God must be greater than that. And now, you are now going to shrink God, the Son of God, into human size. Have you been in a plane before? But I have been on a plane before. <laughs> Seems like a stupid question, but I have to ask. If you are up there, how do the houses look like to you? They look like little toys. Cars look like very little. Is that not so? Now, if I've not been, uh, uh, my last question, I don't know, because nowadays you can't tell. Have you been in an, uh, a spacecraft before? You have not. You could easily be on a spacecraft. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But nowadays, I hear you can pay a certain, uh, a certain amount of money and they will take you up there for tourism. But even if an ordinary aeroplane, you can be up there and houses and human beings look like ants. Then imagine God Almighty is now coming to earth, transform himself into a human form and be one with us. If you are Jesus, Mr. Elizabeth, is that not a risk? Because we are having a meeting. Look, people have meetings and they break the, 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 the agreement. People have agreement and they break it. When I was at uh, University of Ghana, a, a friend of mine told me something. That he said his senior brother was at UST, KNUST. And there was a notion that weddings are way too expensive. First of all, the suit, the... Um, you know, because even if you say you're going to rent it, the, the bride's groom and, the, and his men, if you're going to rent, nowadays I hear that the renter is almost the same as buying it. So you better off buy it. Amen. But Erasmus. <laughs> Amen. And so these people had a pact. A group of three friends who were students at KNUST. They said, look, let's set an example. Christian, Christians, believe it. Let's set an example that, look, in our time, when we are making a, it's our time for our wedding, let's cut all these things out and just wear our traditional attire, simple, and save ourselves some money for our marriage and don't put pressure on people. So the first one did his wedding. The bride also, something like this, it has to be, the bride also has to agree. The bride also agreed, so she wore something very simple. I mean, not like a long wedding dress scratching the floor. No, very simple. When it was the turn well, I think my friend's brother, he was the first one to get married. And he dressed very simple, something that people actually criticized them. That you have taken this thing too far. And the next one to marry upped it a little bit. Do you get it? Like, it wasn't like as flamboyant as most weddings, but it was a little bit up there. And the guy said, look, we had an agreement. <laughs> Do you get it? The third one made it worse. The third one, people talked and then they, he and the wife, I don't know whether it was the wife or him, but they said, look, this thing, uh, we do it only once. Let's do it properly. <laughs> so they went full blown. The normal suit, the normal everything. And, and then my, 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 my friend is Adesi. Adesi said, his brother said, hey, is that how human beings are? We've all agreed that we are all going to reduce our flamboyancy and dress simply. 
So, so when people make agreement, they don't always follow. Do you get it? So Jesus turned to Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, it is not an easy thing to come to earth and join this fallen human race. This fallen human race, now you are asking, you guys are asking me to go and be one of them. Holy Spirit patted him on the back and said, you know what? You take the lead. I promise you. He said, look at my face. I will follow you. I will be with you. He says, and the Holy Spirit said, not only would I be with you, I actually, I'm going to participate. I'm going to be part of how you come to earth. Because when the angel brings the word, it will take me, the Holy Spirit, to hover over Mary for you to come. So if I'm going to start with you, uh, if I'm going, to, I'm going to be part of you entering the world, why would I uh, um, back off from you? Jesus said, if you promise, then I'll go. And then he turned to look at the father. And the father said, you know how sometimes you don't have to say a word, but I just said not. And then he said, okay. And then when he was leaving, he did this. Do you know what this means? He said, uh, you see, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at your promise. I hope you do it. <laughs> do you get it? And then Jesus walked off the throne that he was sharing with the father and came in spirit form and entered, entered Mary's womb. Hallelujah. This whole thing has been a plan. And you are part, you are part of an eternal plan that has been made. That when you become a believer, when you are preaching salvation, when you are introducing Christ, this is not one of those stories. Look, let me tell you one thing. If you look at mythology, the history of beliefs and faith and, and religion, many faiths have had versions of the virgin birth and the virgin story, a virgin giving birth. Even creation and the flood, many um, societies and civilizations have versions of that story. Do you get it? There are two ways to look at this. Either all these things are true, or there was an original truth, which over the years has been corrupted, and everybody has a piece of it, and they are saying it as they go along. Hallelujah. And we who hold the Bible as the true, unadulterated word of God believe that what we have is the original truth revealed to Moses. But then every other society has a version of it. Hallelujah. And so Jesus Christ, point number three, Jesus is anointed for you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit agreed that the Holy Spirit will join Jesus at the right time on earth. The Holy Spirit teamed up with Jesus in the river Jordan. Matthew 3, 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Hallelujah. The big question that arises is, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But when he was born, he was walking not with the Holy Spirit upon him. Is that not so? Because the scripture said he was a carpenter. Actually, that, that is probably the, the next point, and that's where probably we'll end today. Number four. Jesus is anointed for you. After Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. Say, everything changed. Everything changed. We are talking about a progression, about divine revelation, about a divine plan of the ages. How the Holy Trinity had a meeting. In the, you, see, you see, there are some meetings, there are some meetings in certain circles that can be destroyed. Like, 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 like nowadays, even when you are talking, don't think nobody's hearing you. One day, I, I, I called somebody, or somebody called me, and then whilst we were on the phone, right, they said, they said that my mom has called, right? So I, I, I got to go. Have you had a situation before? Yeah. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll talk to you later. But then as the person disconnected me, then I heard the mom's voice. I believe that was Mavis. I think it was Mavis. Mary's mom is in New York, right? She, she, I was talking to her, and then her mom has called her phone. And so, after she said bye, how is it that I'm hearing the mom's voice? So if, in case, in case I wasn't the son-in-law, in case I was, in case the mom and Mavis have something they are talking about, and, and I want to kind of get into the yeah. conversation, in case there's a, let's say there's a, something bad that is going on, that, that um, they are talking about, they have no clue that I'm listening in, in the conversation. Hallelujah. On earth, 
in this fractured broken world, when you make a plan, there is no, there is no assurance it's going to happen. But when the Holy Trinity made the plan, there is nothing that is going to stop it. Hallelujah. And so when, when, when the Bible said when Jesus was born, he was born of the, of, the, of the Virgin Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit. But after he was born, he was just walking around like any other kid. In fact, it was even when he was 12 and they went to Jerusalem for a feast and they couldn't find him at some point and they went back to look for him. And they found him in the temple teaching and asking questions of the doctors of the law. He, said, he made a statement that baffled them. He said, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know I'll be in my father's house? Now, it is true that the angel had appeared to Mary, right? That she knew she conceived with the Holy Spirit. But after he was born, he was just like any other kid. Hallelujah. And so they seem to have forgotten his origins. But there are little pockets of statements here and there that will make him know that, make you know that he is not ordinary. But it was actually not until he was 30. It was when he was 30 that he entered the Jordan and he joined the line of people going to be baptized by John the Baptist. So basically what we are saying is that until the anointing came, Jesus was living like an ordinary person. That is why his uh, friends, his uh, fellows in Nazareth, they couldn't believe that this same guy that we grew up with in this neighborhood, now he has come and he has opened the book of Isaiah and he's saying that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then when he finished reading, he said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. And the Bible said that they were offended at him. They said, is that not Jesus, uh, uh, the mother, the carpenter, the, the, the son of Mary? Are, are his sisters not with us? Hallelujah. So you see, then, then the big question is, what made the difference? That even though he was conceived and born in a supernatural way, the Bible said that he, he, he removed himself from the divinity. I mean, he, the, he was still divine, but he was functioning like an ordinary man. And he did that as a pattern. The ordinary man like you and I, we can enter into the divine life by the coming of the Spirit. And so look at that. Look at that scripture. It says... Jesus is anointed for you. After Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. Miracles began to happen and people were healed. Hallelujah. Acts 10, 38. God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, that, I like that little phrase, everything changed. Because you see, what you are looking for is, you are looking for the, the change factor. It's like, you are, it's like a soccer game. Uh, what was the score today? France and uh, Belgium. Against Belgium. So France is going for the... Wow. Fantastic. Sometimes you are, you, are, you are watching a game and, 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 and the, the game is going against one team. And then they bring some, a particular player. Sometimes it's only 10 minutes left. Sometimes only 5 minutes left. And that player can make a big difference. The Holy Spirit was, is, is, is like when Christ came, he lived for 30 years. We didn't hear of any miracle. We didn't hear of anything. But the moment the Holy Spirit came upon him, everything changed. Now that same Jesus Christ, who is anointed for you, is alive today. And so what that means is that when the Holy Spirit comes, when the anointed Jesus comes into your life, your options change immediately. Your options change. It's like you are no more limited to the natural laws only. If I'm holding this book and I drop it by mistake, I'm not going to stand here pr praying for the Holy Spirit to lift it up for me. I can go and pick it. But there are certain things that naturally you can't do. And the options available to you multiply. The moment the Holy Spirit, the divine one, enters your life. Hallelujah. I say everything changed. Everything changed. When you receive Christ, Jesus, who is anointed for you, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. Your life is a supernatural life. Everything has changed. The Bible said the Holy Spirit came upon him. The heavens were opened. And the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Now the story is no different for you as it is for Jesus. If you place your faith in him. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let's rise up to our feet. Thank the Lord. 
Thank the Lord for your life. Thank the Lord for the fact that everything has changed. The introduction of the Holy Spirit has changed everything about your life. Your life is a supernatural life. It's not ordinary. Blessed be thy name, O God. Father, we bless you. That everything has changed. It may look the same, but in its essence, we are not the same. Thank you, Jesus. Take out a good offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, tonight we embrace the reality of the supernatural life that came to us. When we receive Christ, we receive the total package. It's like we receive Christ, we receive Holy Spirit, we receive the Father. Because these three, you are one. May the factor of the Holy Spirit make all things work in our favor. And as we give our offerings, Lord, may the kingdom of God advance. May the treacherous one's kingdom be defeated. And may the children of God go forth in power and in might. Because with the Holy Spirit, everything has changed. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.